Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. Our guest today is Crystal Carfano. She began her dance training at the age of three at Showcase School of Dance and studied a variety of styles. By the age of 15, she was selected as best all-around dancer at Eastern Dance Association's dance camp allowing her to participate in the Pro Bowl with the musical group Sync. A year later, she was again nominated Best All-Around Dancer at National Dance Association's Dance Camp. Crystal served as captain of the Stonewall Jackson High School's award-winning freshman cheerleading squad for one year and captain of the Raiderettes dance team for two. Following graduation, Crystal earned Showcase's prestigious Outstanding Achievement in Rhythm and Style Award. While attending college in New York City, Crystal studied at Broadway Dance Center and at the age of 19 was selected as an NBA Wizards dancer, performing professionally around the world. Crystal continued performing professionally for the next three years as an NFL Washington Redskins cheerleader, continuing with her world travels. Crystal has taught as a guest teacher for the Wizards, Junior Redskins Summer Dance Camp, and Capital Movements Project Summer Dance Program. Crystal believes in upholding the highest standards for her studio and is proud to have showcase an affiliated studio of more than just great dancing. Before we dive into this juicy conversation, I wanted to let you know that this interview is a little bit different than some of the other ones we've had in the past. While we talk a great deal about the arts and the impact the arts has on your kids, we also dive into a very related subject, and that is the art of finance. And before you think finance and money doesn't really have to do with raising smarter kids or the arts, I want to stop you right there. For me, as I've been also a part of more than just great dancing and learning about really taking ownership of being a business owner and a servant in my community, one of the things that keeps popping up is this thought of money and how we can use money as a vehicle to serve our com communities in a bigger, better way, how we can align ourselves with charities that we feel very passionate about. And so this whole discussion about money is something that I think is so crucial for kids these days. When our kids are little, they spend a lot of time learning about what money is and the value of things like pennies and dollars. And as they continue their schooling, I haven't really seen a ton of information come home or any requests for parent participation about discussions surrounding money. So why is this whole art of money so important? Well, 
It is so important for so many reasons. As parents, we want only the best for our kids. This whole podcast is really about learning how to help our kids be smarter, have more confidence, go out into the world in a big way, and be leaders for the next generation. And learning about money and what it means and how we can use it to benefit others, how we can use it to help our families. There's so much behind what money is and what it signifies and what it represents in a family unit. And so today's conversation really dives deep into finances and the importance of finances, especially for kids as they're growing up and will soon be on their own out in the big wide world. We definitely want to equip them with the knowledge and and understanding of this very important topic. So I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy today's conversation. I had a blast talking to Crystal and I know you're going to be taking away so many juicy bits from this conversation. So without further ado, I will catch you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Crystal. I am so excited that you're here to chat with us today. And can you fill in any gaps in your bio? I guess what I would like to add to that maybe is um, because of my experience in the NBA and the NFL, um, I was exposed to a lot of lewd and inappropriate comments by men. And so I became very passionate about opening a studio where kids could be fully dressed um, in costumes and um, be exposed to age appropriate curriculums and music and costuming. Um, and so I think some of my teenagers don't necessarily think that's cool or, or understand why I do that, but it really has to do with my background in the NBA and the NFL. Um, so it's just something I'm very passionate about. You know, and I love that because I think in the world of dance and entertainment, there's a pretty fine line between what is age appropriate and what is accepted. So I love that you're able to, in your studio, um, sort to of say and take a stand and say, you know what, we're not wearing that. And I have very similar beliefs yeah. about those. And, you know, we've never worn midriffs. And the girls always pick out those costumes, especially like teenage, 13, 14, 15, because they see their favorite stars wearing it. They may see their favorite NBA dancers wearing those things too. So they want to emulate that. But I yeah. love that and as studio owners and as moms say, no, you know, we don't stand for that. And uh, we're going to do it our own way. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So I want to talk about why the art and dance are so critical for kids these days, especially in a time when technology sort of wrecked their life and they spend lots of hours looking at screens both in the classroom and at home. What does the arts provide that screen time that we won't provide? So, you know, I can give you what I've seen in the classroom. Um, but when I knew that I was going to do this podcast with you, I kind of did some research on my own um, because I can tell you what I've learned by teaching and what I see in my kids and how it's helped them develop. But I think um, some research that is going to help support that um, would be beneficial. Um, so I pulled up an article that Berkeley and uh, the University of California did. Um, and it says that dance provides physical, psychological, and social benefits. 
So for example, you're able to stay fit and lose weight when you dance. You're able to increase your coordination skills. It builds confidence. It can keep your mind active. It can increase your bone density. Um, and it's a great way to meet people. Um, in conjunction with that, um, with healthy living, it can improve your cardiovascular health. It increases your stamina. Um, it can strengthen your bones and muscles and stave off illness as well. Um, I also found um, an article from the University of Wolverhampton, and it found that relaxed free-flowing movement helped improve mood and reduce feelings of depression. Um, the University of Oxford found that group dancing can increase a person's threshold for pain because it releases endorphins, which takes the sting out of pain. Um, and then one of the last articles I looked at um, was done by Stanford Dance that notes the health benefits such as stress reduction and increased serotonin levels. Um, it wards off Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and it increases cognitive acuity. Um, this was all found by the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, and they found that if you have um, a 76% reduced risk of dementia from dancing, um, and so while that's not necessarily important to parents right now, I mean, in the long run, that's something that they know that dance will um, help their children benefit from. So um, I think those are all very valid and um, wonderful points made by, you know, different researchers out there. Um, what I've seen personally in the, the dance studio um, is kids being able to learn how to work together. Um, we do lifts and all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff. My kids compete. Um, so teamwork. Um, and with the little kids, it's a little bit different. Um, I would say that they are able to reinforce concepts that they learn at school. Um, so we go over colors and shapes and numbers for like those three to six-year-olds. Um, but then they're also learning how to follow directions and um, they learn listening skills, manners, coordination, balance, spatial awareness, um, rote memorization and how to build friendships, how to stand in line, how to follow directions. Um, so that's, that's a benefit I've seen teaching the three to six year old kind of age group. And I would say even seven to nine year olds too, all of those concepts are reinforced in class. Um, but if we move to like the 10 to 18 year olds, um, some of the things I've found is that these kids are um, getting perseverance. They're attaining a positive self body image of themselves. Um, they learn time management, respect, leadership, endurance responsibility and a strong work ethic. I just recently finished reading Tangled. I don't know if you've read that book by Lisa Damore. Um, and she stated that researchers had, I'm sorry. I just got that book. It's sitting on my shelf and it's my next read. So good. Okay, so I'm gonna spoil a little straight up. Sometimes have difficulty interacting with one another and I wanted to try and um, read and see if there were things that I could learn that I could include in the classroom. Um, but so she states that research has shown that teens who are not involved in extracurricular activities um, and are left alone often go looking for trouble. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as a parent. Um, she also adds that participating in extracurricular activities helps girls to build social skills while facing emotional challenges um, that they have to learn how to manage. I mean, these things don't go away. You know, it's just not something that um, is going to go away overnight. I mean, these kids deal with um, learning how to interact with one another in classrooms, out if they go to the mall. I mean, there's just different situations where they have to learn how to do this stuff. And she said, um, 
that extracurricular activities help regulate digital technology use as well. So, you know, we're talking about how these kids are constantly on their phones. Well, now if you put them in some type of extracurricular activity for music or dance or any type of art program, it's a moment for them to step away from the screen and expose themselves and get their brains to work a little bit differently than just having this constant gratification right in front of their face. Um, and then the last one that she said, which I find is very important, I mean, especially maybe for like that 16 to 18 year old age range, is that filling your daughter's schedule will give her ways to build self-esteem and less time to seek attention and personal self-worth from boys. Mm. Um, so dance, I mean, for me, and I'm speaking particularly about dance because it's what I do, it's my profession, it covers a wide variety of things for three-year-olds up until 18, which is usually what I work with, but we also have adults, but I mean, we're talking about kids here. Um, and so I just feel like the, the points that I just went over are, um, are pretty mind-blowing um, when you think about it. I mean, an investment in, in, in the arts um, is really beneficial for children when you look at all of those different points that I covered. Absolutely, and you covered so many amazing points and really, you know, that's kind of why this podcast came to be in existence because there's that misconception that, well, we're just going to enroll our kids in dance and it's a fun activity that I can go to the grocery store. When in reality, they're getting so much more than just that. And, and you and I being part of the, the movement of more than just great dancing are very keen to that where we know that the kids who are coming to us are gaining those life skills. They're learning to work together. They're learning how to be more confident. They're learning how to be better. So when they leave us, they can go out into the world out boldly. And I, I love that you use the word, um, it, it's an investment. It's not about your child today, but it's really about what are you investing in? How are you helping your child to become amazing adults that we all know our kids can be. We just need to give them the right tools and point them in the right direction to help them get there. So that's amazing. Yeah. Will you, after our interview, um, send me those links that you checked out? I would love to take a look at them and share them with the audience too. I actually got that book right before we went on vacation last week. And my intention, of course, to read it while I was sitting on the beach, but I got so wrapped up in just enjoying the beach that it's still on my bookshelf. So my question was about the book Tangled and about how when we're building our studios and building these places for kids to be and to belong, whether you thought about incorporating the lessons in that book for your parents or a studio like a book club so you can have some deeper conversations about really what you're providing for the kids. I didn't necessarily think about a book club, um, but I was, I was reading it at a recent competition and I had talked to some of the parents about it. Um, and I thought about maybe including it in a newsletter, but I don't know that it's necessarily um, relevant for my, um, I would say three to nine year old parents. And so I think it's definitely something that I'm going to go over um, at my pre-audition meeting for my competition team, just because those kids work so closely together. And a lot of them are that um, older seventh grade and up age range. And um, the book was very beneficial for me. And I know that it would be very beneficial for our parents to read as well. Um, and so I think that's gonna be my start point in sharing that with our families. 
Yeah, and I think it's going to be such a great addition to what you're already providing. So you're having somebody else reinforce those issues that you're communicating in the classroom already. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Okay, so I want to talk about leadership. So the word leadership is sort of a buzzword, I feel, these days. You hear it a lot, you hear it a lot. And I know even in our elementary schools, they're using Stephen Covey's Leader in the Program. So schools are really now wanting to take the lead in helping kids to become the next generation leaders. How do you feel that being involved in the arts can develop those leadership skills? For me personally, uh, because I'm in the dance studio industry, um, what, how I relate to this is we offer a student teacher pr program where students can mentor dancers and learn how to become a teacher, which is essentially a leader and a mentor. And so these girls are taught to guide and encourage others. They have to learn how to memorize our dance curriculums. They have to come dress professionally and they have to learn how to manage a classroom. And so in general, these dancers in the program are expected to show up to class on time. They have to be prepared. They have to work hard. They have to be resilient. Um, it's not easy to manage, you know, a three to four year old class. You have to learn very quickly on your feet how to do those things and how to multitask. You have to learn how to stand with poise and you have to come dress in the appropriate uniform. And these are all attributes that I feel can be found in a leader. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you have that built into what you're already doing. And I know for us in the classrooms too, I love being able to take a step back and have the kids, even in just a regular weekly technique class, having them take the position of where they get to lead or they get to demonstrate or they get to come up with something to do at the, at the bar or in center really gives them an opportunity to test out those leadership skills in a very, very safe environment. Yes, most definitely. You know, we also host the National Honor Society for Dance Arts at our studio. Um, and so any dancers that are involved in that program also have to become leaders in the community by giving back through community service. So it's just another avenue where they're able to branch out and learn um, how to give back in a great way, but also how to lead. And that's amazing for them to be able to have those opportunities. And I see more and more things at school where they're encouraging kids to take on these leadership roles. So I think all the school's efforts and the efforts we're putting together in our own communities, that's such a great way for kids to, to again be supported and be nurtured and to really grow into those leaders we know they can be. Yes, absolutely. Hey, I wanted to segue into a sort of a different topic, but I know this is one that you're very passionate about as well. And I feel like this topic has, there's an art and science to it that people don't often see this. And this is about the world of finances, because I know you've recently come to a place in your business and in your life where, you know, you're looking at finances from a different point of view. And there's really some sort of finesse and some sort of art behind looking at the numbers. I think most of us see numbers as very, uh, very left-brained, very analytical, but I think when you really take a look at the big picture, it becomes this beautiful piece of artwork that you can manipulate by changing things in your life. So will you take us a little bit through um, maybe how parents can start teaching their kids at home the art of finance or the art of money? I certainly did not start out with a very great background in finances. In fact, I, I started my studio just out of a love of dance. I had no idea 
um, the financial background that I should have had before I started. Um, and I very, very quickly um, came to learn that it was going to be detrimental to my business if I didn't learn how to manage finances. And, you know, growing up, you know, my mom showed me how to use a checkbook and a register and that type of thing. But it wasn't something that I really followed through with as an adult. And, you know, today I don't feel like very many people on the checkout line that are using their checkbook and their, their register because I think that people would get very irritated to be waiting in line to wait for someone to finish filling that out. But through my journey and trying to make sure that I can continue to offer the more than just great dancing philosophy in my community, I've read a lot of um, work by Dave Ramsey. And so I know that he has a book out that is specifically for teens. So I would recommend checking out Dave Ramsey for sure. But I know that there's even, there's board games out there that you can do with your kids and start at a, a very early age. Our mentor, Misty Lown, um, I've seen her do um, a financial board game with her children. Especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, I would say that it, it, it would be extremely to your detriment if you don't start to learn how to balance your finances. Yeah, for sure. I definitely came from the school of hard knocks and learned, learned the very hard way. And I'm still learning today. There's not a day I don't learn something new about finances. So I would highly encourage parents to check out Dave Ramsey. That's amazing. And I'll make sure that I put those links in our show notes as well. So parents can go take a look at that. And I know it might sound a stretch to talk about finance when we're talking about the arts. But like I said previously, I just think the more you look at it, the more the more money become an art or a game. So if we can start implementing those skills and teaching our kids how to do that at a young age, as they get older, they're going to be much better equipped to be able to run businesses or at least manage their, their household finances in a much more responsible way. The amount of debt that um, Americans have in, in the U.S. alone, it's a little terrifying when you actually look at the figures and facts. Um, you know, I do a lot of um, personal development with Darren Hardy, um, and the information that, that he's provided on that is astronomical and really shocking. Um, so I cannot really say with any more, like, intention, like, you really should um, start to teach your children early how to, um, how to use their money wisely, how to save, how to give. I mean, all of those things work together so that you're financially literate, for sure. Absolutely, and these are things that, you know, I, I, I've seen you make your journey, and I definitely wanna follow in your footsteps as far as being able to make better choices and make a better plan, so that the finances of the business definitely um, make the business sustainable. Yes, because the arts are being depleted yeah. <laughs> um, from schools every day. I, the finances just aren't there, so, you know, if, if there aren't people like us that are the leaders that want to keep the arts going because we know how beneficial it is for children and even going into adulthood, um, we have to make sure that we can maintain our finances to um, stay in business so that we can ensure that the arts um, continue to thrive in this industry. Absolutely. And I think money is an interesting topic because it's people get very passionate about it one way or another. I recently posted something on my Facebook page, and there is this um, this um, European man. I'm not sure what country he's from, but he does this rap about how he learns all these seemingly random things in school, but he's never taught to really taught to do money. He learns that you know you go to a job and you make money, but 
not how to manage it, not how to make it grow, not how to do anything with it. And I had said, you know, I wish that schools would, would use like their math classes or something to be able to talk about. And the debate was that, you know, teachers are already overburdened and we don't, that needs to be taught at home. And so my sort of defense was, well, you know, I definitely want to do it at home. We work on that with our kids. But it would be so great, even starting in first or second grade, when kids are learning how to, learning the value of money, to be able to have a little discussion at home about, okay, how do we, you know, how do we make more money? How do we, when we have the money, what do we do with it? You know, where do we put it? And how does it work? Like, what do you, really getting into the value of it, not just from, saying a penny is worth one, you know, one cent versus five cents. But really talk about what does it look like in real life and put some, some numbers to things like what does a teacher make? What does a professor at a college make? What does a mechanic make? Just so they have some sort of sense because we learn about this value of money, but we don't know what it really does. Yeah, definitely the compound effect. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely a conversation that if, if we're not going to have in school, parents need to have with their kids. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, entrepreneurs sometimes get a, get a, a bad rap. Um, you know, your parents will say, hey, you should be a doctor or a lawyer. But I will tell you, I mean, especially with the technology boom, it's a lot easier for people to have access to become entrepreneurs. But that being said, I mean, like me being in the dance studio industry, like I don't have a 401k as far as retirement goes. Um, but I do have a Roth IRA, um, but I wasn't necessarily educated on how I should have started that a little bit earlier. And so I definitely feel like these are conversations that we should have with kids because like for me personally, I'm not going to have a retirement plan unless I, um, start putting money into that. Um, and so if people do want to pursue or, and even if you're not going to be an entrepreneur, if you're, if you're going to get a job. Um, doing something else, um, making sure that you ask them, does your employer map into your 401k? Um, are you going to put money aside for vacations or whatever you need to do as far as financial planning? Because, you know, I feel like the reason why so many people in America are in debt, because they just put everything on a credit card instead of planning things out. And I think it is a, a lack of, of education in the finance department. Absolutely. And, you know, when we talked about the list of things that dance and the arts provides to kids, learning about finances is no different. We just, you know, we graduate from high school and we're just kind of expected to know these things, but we would never expect a prima ballerina to put on her first pair of point shoes at Carnegie Hall. We have to take those steps and put them into place starting at an early age and reinforce those things and compound those things over the years so we can expect that our kids when they are leaving for college and going out into the world on their own they're well equipped to go out and live an abundant life yes absolutely so i'm curious to know parents are interested in learning more about how the arts can really benefit their kids or you know incorporate arts into their already very busy lives. What advice would you give them? This is so funny um, that you asked this because I am a dance studio owner, but I also have two kids. And um, 
I'm actually at the point where I'm able to put my daughter in dance. She's two. Um, and so I've kind of, <laughs> kind of been able to see from a parent's point of view what it's like to put your kid in an extracurricular activity. Um, and I found it's a little, a little more challenging than I would have liked to have thought as a business owner. Um, but what I will say is this, um, and I'm doing, I'm doing it. I know that it is challenging, um, but I know the benefits for my daughter, and that's why I'm doing it. Um, but what I would say is enroll them in an activity for a season and see if it meets your child's needs. So for example, I have a son and a daughter, but I know that my son doesn't want to dance. Um, so we recently just let him try an MMA gym to see if that's something that he's interested in. He was a little shy the first day, so we're going to try and take him back um, this weekend actually and see if he likes it. My daughter um, thankfully loves dance. Um, and so that's kind of where she's sitting right now. Um, and we're just going to continue that way and just see if they if they like to do it. Um, and if they don't, then we'll try another activity um, at the conclusion of the session. Um, but I would say if you're not able to enroll them in an extracurricular activity right now just because your schedule doesn't allow for that, um, I would say try and um, introduce them to the arts by taking them to see a musical or an art exhibit or maybe even, you know, there's lots of free museums in different states that you can visit or even take them to a concert. And it doesn't even have to be something at like the Kennedy Center, um, which is close to where I live. Um, but it could be like a, a middle school choir or even a high school, just so they get some type of exposure to the arts. Yeah, and that's such a great tip because I think no matter the size of a community, we live in a pretty small community personally, and so access to arts things are not abundant. But if you take a look at, like you said, the middle school productions or the elementary school productions, there's always something going on. So being able to just carve that time out of our busy schedule and say, yes, you know, this is an important element to being able to have my child learn about the world in, from a different perspective. Yes. Fantastic. Hey, so if my listeners have questions for you in regards to maybe the art of finance or questions about your studio, or maybe they're close to where you live and are keen to get their kids enrolled in dance classes, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, the best way would be to go through uh, my dance studio's website, which is, is www.showcasedancestudio.net. Um, there's a contact page there and you can easily reach me from that page. If you have questions or concerns about anything we went over today, I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody about that. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure that I put your contact information and link that directly to your website. So when listeners head over to the show notes page, they're able to go on over and, and you know see what you have to offer and reach out to you. Yeah, I guess I would like just to say before we get off, um, in, in preparation for, um, this podcast, I read your book, Raising a Superhero. Um, and I, I would encourage, um, parents to read that as well. Um, it was very interesting for me to read one as an educator, but also as a mother, I could very much identify with all of the different learning modalities and I can very much see them even more now after reading your book. I feel like it's really important that uh, parents get their hands on that. I found it to be a very, a very easy and quick read. Downloaded it on my Kindle, and it was great to read every night. But um, 
There are so many different learning modalities that you covered that I feel we cover in the arts, especially as I can relate to in dance. And so I think it's just interesting information that you covered when I think about it from the dance studio owner point of view, but I think also parents will, will learn a lot if they take the time to read your book. Well, thank you so much for that. I love that you took the time to read it before we hopped on today. And um, yeah, you know, when I set out to write that book, it was really sort of because, you know, I had my own challenges growing up in school and, and the, you know, the, I guess the lack of self-worth I felt because I had learned in a certain way and the schools were not meeting me there. And so I always felt bad about that. And I've talked to other parents locally and their kids are struggling in school too and they're kind of at the loop end. And so this was sort of like, you know, this, this little workbook that you could read quickly and go out there and take action on it and really learn more about your kids, figure out ways to talk to, to teachers. And really, again, being able to, at the end of the day, find those superpowers each of our kids is born with and really put a light on them because now more than ever, I feel like kids really need to be lifted up and they need to understand that what they are and who they are is of such tremendous value. No, for sure. And I mean, I, I related on so many levels. Um, I know you talked about both of your daughters, but for me, I am not a linguistic or, um, or a mathematician by any means. And so those two learning modalities are the ones that are used in schools. Um, but I, I am the complete opposite. I'm a kinesthetic, musical, visual learner. And so I think that's why I'm in the industry that I am now, um, because I was able to excel at what I do best, um, which is tap into those, those different learning modalities while I was at dance. Um, and so when I would go to school, it was challenging for me because, you know, as you mentioned in your book, that's, you know, schools use linguistic, auditory, and mathematical um, learning modalities to teach you. And I just, I had a very difficult time with that because that's not how my brain works. And so as a parent, I think, I think it's important to know how your child learns because if your child is one of those people that is having difficulty in school, maybe another outlet in the arts would be beneficial for them as it was for me. Absolutely. And I think no matter which of the superpowers our kids have, I mean, there's an art form that's a great complement. And then what they're learning in those arts lessons, whether it's a visual art, whether it's a performing art, there is something they can use to take it back to school and just feel so good about themselves. And just know, again, that, you know, they're very special. They're very unique. The way they learn is unique. And schools don't always shine a light on that. So as parents, if we can take the time to really dive in and say, okay, how does my kid learn? How can I help them? How can I get them to this next place where they are just feeling really good about learning? They're feeling good about the educational experience and they're just happy kids. No, I, I agree 100%. Fantastic. Well, I, I so thank you for your time today. Um, I know we chatted pretty recently and it was so great to connect with you and um, your being able to come onto this podcast means so much to me. And I know my listeners are going to get such great value about talking about things like finances with their kids, even though it doesn't seem very artsy. There's definitely, you know, conversation or many conversations that need to happen and really how the arts can sort of help guide that process and 
how we can draw these parallels between these two seemingly very different trains of thought. Well, it, it was definitely an honor um, to do this podcast with you. Um, you know, I, I know what I've learned and seen uh, my goodness. I don't even want to say how many years I've been teaching now. Um, but it was also great for me to take a step back and just do some, some research on what um, different universities and things are finding about dance. Um, you know, even though these are things I already knew because I've seen them, it was nice to put statistics um, and research behind um, what I actually see every day on a daily basis. So um, again, thank you. Um, you. You allowed me to do a little more professional development. Um, and so this was, this was a great project for me. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And I will be chatting with you very soon. All right. Thank you, Yang. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. To really accelerate your ability to unleash your child's superpowers and raise smarter kids through the arts, we're creating loads of new resources, ways to connect, and ways to celebrate your successes. You can join our free Facebook community by visiting theartsmartparent.com or just search up Raising Smart Kids 2.0 on Facebook. I look forward to seeing you inside our community.